project, doing the real estate thing, and uh, yeah, putting some focus in my free time into friendship and trying to get it going. Nice, nice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode of Late Night Bitcoin. I am your host, Q. I am coming to you once again from my mother's basement, and I'm joined tonight by my dear friend, Nasser Karama. Nasser, I like to ask everyone who comes on this show uh, the same question to start, but we're going to venture off into a different direction tonight. Uh, I hope this offends some people genuinely, Um, more so off the fact that if you feel uncomfortable hearing a conversation about NFTs and ordinals, I think that that says a little bit more about you than anything else. Um, We're just talking here. I still still don't own NFTs, so don't hold it against me here. Um, Nasser, how did you first hear about Bitcoin? Uh, yeah, uh, Bitcoin. The first time I heard about Bitcoin was probably in like, I mean, definitely when people were using uh, Silk Road. And uh, at that point, I didn't really think much of it. Um, in like financial terms, I definitely just saw it as like a black market um, way to transact and kind of um, have like people anonymously send like currency to each other because they were trying to just keep things low key. But um, that was probably around like 2014, 15 ish, 16. And then uh, around like maybe 2017 or 18, probably 2017, my brother and his good buddy, um, they started like mining Litecoin and stuff. And he had a friend that was like super into Bitcoin. So he was kind of a bit more into it and got him uh, and my brother set up with like miners and stuff. And then he got me to buy like ETH in like 2018. And I like bought the top, like barely, (laughs) barely threw in like anything though. And then uh, it just started dumping. So like I, I didn't think twice about it. Fast forward to 2020, and then you know after the having and stuff starts ripping again, and then it kind of around like 400, 500 dollar ETH. I started paying attention and then didn't look back. So did you? You just sort of like sat on it after it cratered in 2018. Yeah, I mean, I maybe bought like like a quarter of an ETH or something. And then like after it even crashed, so like you have a little bit and then for whatever reason you've convinced yourself, okay, it's crashed 90%, but like, let me just throw a little bit more money at it. I I didn't put more money in until 2020. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair. Yeah. yeah. I bought maybe like, you know, like three or $400 worth at the top. (laughs) (laughs) And then it started dumping and I was like, oh, you know <laughs> what the fuck's going on but... like how how much of that downturn because like you kind of said like you didn't even think about it like yeah during that downturn where you're like all right this is just going to zero or like where was your head was there like a series of it'll go back up tomorrow to you know we'll get a new high like soon to all right this shit just is bullshit and it's going to zero like walk me through that at that point i wasn't even really like aware of what I had put my money into. And at that point I wasn't really, you know, uh, investing even in like stocks or like really investing period. But it was kind of like some alpha from a friend, like, Hey, he understood the tech. He understood like what it was about. He believed in it. And he's like 
you know, I've been buying Bitcoin since like 2013 or 14 or something. And, um, yeah, I had no idea, honestly. And, uh, it was like a matter of time until he reached out again, 2020, like November, December, he, he hit up my brother and he was like, Hey, dude, crypto's ripping again. And then, um, at that point I had like some money from like the real estate stuff I was doing. So I kind of just started putting some in learning as much as I could, um, about the tech. Cause personally, like I'm not super tech savvy to begin with. So really I was trying to understand what the blockchain technology was and then kind of, uh, for what got me like more into it was like the trading side and then like kind of learning like basic TA and that kind of thing. And then, I just honestly was glued to the screen for like the last three years and trying to learn as much as I can. So what would you say, or let me, let me rephrase, who would you say was one of the more helpful people in learning TA? Uh, dude, so many like different accounts. I would just like troll Twitter, troll like YouTube, you know, and then like find like the analysts and whatever that like, we're breaking it down in simple ways or like, you know, going over like the different patterns and like different um, indicators and stuff. And then messing around with trading view myself and then kind of just like understanding the pictures as they began to unfold and just like recognizing like patterns on the charts and stuff. And then obviously it's like if we're bullish, you know, things are more likely to break out one way if we're kind of sideways it's like up in the air and then it's like you know if we're in a downtrend it's most likely you know the patterns that are like typically bearish will probably most likely break to the downside so stuff like that and during this whole time did you at any point buy bitcoin or were you just sort of like nah still on on that side of it no i mean for me, I'm super bullish on Bitcoin. I'm not like, I love Bitcoin and it, it's, it leads the market and I think it'll always lead crypto. And like, I definitely look at it as the ultimate store of value um, and like ultrasound money for sure. And there's no doubt that like, I want to accumulate Bitcoin as much as I can, especially when it's, you know, at these levels and lower or even like as we start to get closer to the next halving, but um really yeah i mean i don't mess with too many like narratives even like for DeFi, i was very conservative like and i didn't really even like to mess with too many other layer ones or like you know it's like the standard for me like bitcoin eth uh polygon chain link um and then like maybe like some promising like metaverse coins and stuff but like i don't really hold a lot of other things i'll usually like trade in and out of that stuff and then just honestly bitcoin and eth is what i like to hold valid valid okay um i want to talk nfts now when and how did you sort of venture into that space yeah so that's interesting too because it's like the same buddy for me who got me who's like my brother's friend that they were mining and whatever. Um, like when stuff started ripping again, he was also, I was just asking him like what he was buying. Cause like, he definitely taught me a lot as well. Um, as far as just like, you know, understanding like basics and like what projects were legit, but he kind of like jokingly 
it was like I think it was that summer before um, 21 when everything started ripping. I think it was like when Solana like was first like starting to really pump. I was like twenty dollars Solana or something like that, and uh, I was like asking him what he was buying, and he kind of like jokingly was like, "Yeah, I'm actually like I don't know. I've been buying like a lot of NFTs lately," and then at that point. I was just like, oh, fuck that. NFTs are a scam. Like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't understand this. You know, it's like another thing where like, I didn't understand it. It's scary. Um, I didn't see like the narrative or understand like really what it was or like the culture behind it, you know, because it was even like earlier than we are now for all that. And like PFPs, like we're not really even a thing to where there was like that, like massive dilution of PFP projects the last like bulls their second bull cycle for NFTs or whatever in 21. But um, so I kind of faded it. And then um, that's when I could have like probably sweep. That was like that summer when like apes were going for like, you know, like one to three ETH or whatever. And uh, you could probably still buy a punk for like, I don't know, like five ETH or something or like less. But um, then like I was super hyper focused. It was like we had that six month downturn. Um, from that first talk on Bitcoin. And then that was that summer. And then we ripped again. And then all the liquidity from like crypto started going into NFTs in that January. And then we pumped for like four months or five months or whatever. So like at the end of that, like crypto cycle at the, at that top when uh, like ETH was kind of chilling at like 3,500 or something, I started kind of just like, I mean, at at that point, I started like just. Don't tell me you're about to tell me that you bought NFTs at the top. No, 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 I didn't. Because like everything hadn't ripped yet, you know. Oh, okay, and, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like ETH was chilling at 3,500, and then that's when like NFTs started like kind of ripping, you know. And then they they like NFTs. What I noticed, at least like for my first like bull cycle, was that like when ETH goes down in USD value that NFTs were going up in ETH price. So like, but then ETH had managed to chill. Like we hit that, like the top on ETH, like near 5K, that was like after Bitcoin. And then from like 4,700 or 4,800 or whatever, um, down to like 3,300 or 3K, like ETH, we kind of were ripping in ETH value, like on a lot of those NFTs, because the narrative was like really strong, you know, and like the whole, it was like all over the mainstream media, like news and like, um, it was like, what, like maybe a year in for like Board APL Club, and then they were really like leading the way. And then like a bunch of projects were coming out claiming to be like the next Board APL Club. And then like, it was just the whole 10K PFP narrative. So like, that was ripping and then I just kind of was starting to learn about it and then like kind of figuring out really like what NFTs were and like me as a kid like I always collected basketball cards I collected Pokemon cards like um I would, anything collectible like SBs I've been buying since like Nikes and stuff since I was like you know like 10 years old or whatever so like it took a while for it to click with me like that yeah um NFTs really beyond like the tech are essentially just like their digital collectibles. And there's like a lot to say about collectibles and like definitely like community too, because that's something else that like 
I think is really strong because these collectibles are on the internet. So people are so close in communicating with each other versus like these other things that we had. There was like a lot of smaller like subgroups of people that were like, didn't really feel like they were part of this big thing together. But um, with NFTs, like really like the culture and the community is like kind of everything behind it. And I think that drives like the desire to be part of this thing and just like the culture in general. And it feels just like, it felt more like understandable to me having come from like a collect, like collector's mindset and background that like, even like with glass, like, you know, like glass pipes and stuff, like that was super counterculture. I used to collect like a bunch of headies and then that market ripped all of a sudden people were buying bongs for like fucking $50,000 and shit, you know? So it's just like, there's a lot when people can become like emotionally invested into something and feel like they're part of this movement or like this larger narrative. Um, so yeah, I think in the sense of like a digital collectible, I think that's really powerful. And then if there's also like then the whole unit utility narrative, like came into fruition and like people are really starting to build bullshit like in some of these projects. So, um, and then as we move everything like online, you know, people are flexing their PFPs, like, as it, you know, so it's just like, there's like a lot of, of strength behind like what's going on. To a degree, I think, but like, do you not feel certain events over the last year, like watching just the, the overall market, like nothing you could have been in stocks, you could have been in bonds. Uh, I guess technically bonds wouldn't work like that, but you could have been in stocks. You could have been in Bitcoin only. You could have been spread across crypto. It, di it didn't matter. Like you could have been in cash and you were screwed either way with inflation. Like wherever you were, you lost some material value. That said, like watching things like, you know, the ordinals update come through and then just an influx of NFTs get sent onto Bitcoin only to now this like whole ordinals hype like genuinely looks to have come and gone. Is there a degree where you feel like like some, if not a good chunk of these NFTs are like just nothing burgers and maybe a couple like a board eight yacht club just has established itself as a brand more than anything. And those type of things will stick around. But the, the vast majority, just like in my opinion, the vast majority of all these other cryptocurrencies will inevitably yeah. just go away. Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. And I think just having experience like in anything you're able to kind of pick and you kind of like it becomes more palpable like and you can really feel um, what's like a joke and what's what's not and what's really like building and what's just kind of like internet spam and like, um, yeah, I agree definitely like with a lot of these like currencies that are going to you know go to zero there's definitely like a lot of projects that were just kind of able to gain momentum when basically the whole like nft market was like exit liquidity from crypto you know and then like a lot of them like a lot of projects made money and like they weren't really much more than a brand um you know with like some some catchy art or something but there wasn't really much substance behind it and you can't really like sustain when you're not like representing yourself as a brand you're representing yourself as an nft where people now expect so much more out of it it's not like you know i don't know it's not just like 
you're making a streetwear brand and you gave it a go it's like you can't sustain yourself like that within like web3 i think and with, within nfts without actually at this point it's so competitive and there is like so much capital coming into this and people are not spending you know 20 dollars like on these things they're spending a lot of money so they really expect more and a lot of people are getting wrecked so emotions are high and they expect everyone comes in expecting to just like be able to make tons of money off anything they buy because for a while or i mean for a small instance like from like january to like april or whatever it pretty much was up only for like any nfts you were buying but i think as this thing moves forward and as it like continues to develop it's just like yeah the projects that are doing shit will be around and then the other ones will their brands will fade and like even just having the pfp of these like brands will be less significant and impactful i i get sometimes lost when people talk about like oh like you know it's it's the community and could you help me understand like what's the difference between just like a brand and then this the community that seems to be like the hype that builds up around a lot of these projects that people seem to buy into yeah i mean even when i started kind of messing with nfts and it's funny too because i recently uh saw frank de gods um say something similar where it's like when he first came into nfts he was like a oh, community is a joke or it's like it's not it's like the smallest part of this whole thing but really like community is so important in nfts but you also need a successful project because like community will only get you so far you know and like a brand is only as strong as like the community is behind it but if there's no action like people are going to lose their belief in like the project and there's not really like a community will disappear you know and you're seeing that with like a lot of these bigger projects that are starting to shrink out like most of the people that are still around are like in disbelief and they're just bag holders and they're just hoping you know that something's gonna gonna happen and turn around and maybe it will but like I think, yeah, community is like a strong part of like continuing the growth of certain projects. But like, I think those communities stay around because they're seeing the founders like actually do shit with the project and, you know, giving value back to the holders. Otherwise, you see like a lot of people jump ship from different projects. Talk to me a little bit about friendship. Um, yeah, so friendship, um, I mean, you know, I've been like working in food for like 10 years or so. Um, have my franchise license with Subway. I was doing like other like operations and management stuff for like the last 10 years when I, after I graduated college, like before I got my real estate license, uh, always been really into food. Um, like to think, you know, like marketing and branding was something that I, like, I understood again, just through like being a consumer and just like, you know, having been in so many different um, collectible markets and stuff. I started making cookies like in like 2019, just cause like I have a really big sweet tooth and I was noticing, um, I mean, well, I was starting to order these cookies, like the Levain bakery from the East coast kind of style cookies, these six ounce, they call them like New York style now is what people refer to them as. But there was like this big trend around like 2018, 2019 
and it just seemed like everywhere on socials, you know, like cookies were popping up. And I, for me, seeing like a big, thick, cakey cookie was like mind blowing. And it was something so new. There were a few places in California that had them. So I was just like ordering cookies all the time um, from the East Coast, from like different, um, like small retailers and stuff. And then at one point, like it was very evident that just like the trend with like poke in California too, like it, you know, these things like pick up and they gain traction so quick. And then all of a sudden they're national, you know, these different like small niches within food and like the different food trends. We saw it with like barbecue and brisket too. And like all that recently as well. So, and then smash burgers, you know, so everything's got, it's, you know, like time in the limelight and there's these things are just like, they pick up, like wildfire. So, I mean, I was making cookies after I had been ordering them for like a long time because I just enjoyed them. And then I was like, fuck, I need to figure out how to make these so I can just make the kinds of cookies that I want to eat. Um, so I was doing that, giving them to like all my friends and stuff. And then um, everyone was always like, oh, you need to sell these, you need to sell these. Having been in a franchise and franchisee and like having food experience, I definitely always like toyed with the notion of like starting some sort of concept, you know, had ideas for, okay, let's do a smash burger concept. Okay. Let's do this elevated poke concept. Okay. Let's do whatever. Um, and then it's really though, like with any concept, it's like the branding is so important because if you have a good product, but you don't have a brand behind it, then there's nothing to really differentiate you from like the rest of the market, you know, cause you need to be able to emotionally connect with people beyond just the food you need to have something like that they want to be a part of something that they're like they want to wear a shirt repping your like you know restaurant or your whatever so like once i had been i mean i've been making the cookies for like three years fast forward to like 21 22 i saw like andy win um at that point i was like super into nfts again like i've always been into food and then i saw andy Wynn do like the bored and hungry concept um with his eight at that point like the biggest project um like my holdings were like with alien friends um and then there were really no other like food based projects at that point besides bored and hungry and then i just came up with the name friendship like when I was, I was injured and I was like home for like eight months, kind of chilling and like on crypto Twitter and like, you know, and then I was just like, oh fuck, well then there's the brand because I had put the idea of, even though I had the product like for the cookies, I never really like understood how I would, how it would be worth it for me to like brand it and like what would really be effective and like what would be worth the time and like be something special to not just be like some other cookie company. Um, so then like I came up with the name and then kind of just kept playing with ideas. Um, once I like kind of recovered from my leg injury, I put together like all the like branding stuff, like got a pop-up tent and like everything and kind of just started going around LA because I recognized to the importance of the presence in, you know, like IRL or like in the web two, you know, cause it's not, you need to have like both sides of, of the coin to really like food's not an easy thing, you know, to, to kind of be successful. And it could be like a huge, like, especially nowadays, like having brick and mortar is really tough. So having the entry to like two different uh, markets and then 
being able to establish a as something that people are seeing around LA, which is like a hub around the world too. And there's a lot of eyes too, as far, you know, um, in LA, like for different food critics and just different concepts. And like, that's, that was really important. So I think using that first in conjunction with like using the NFT branding and then having a different like audience as well made it, um, made it like a, something special in that was like approachable in two, two ways. Can, can you dive a little bit deeper on just like, you know, I think it's really cool that you're able to, you know, leverage this brand that you've essentially established where like, you know, you've long established your dominance in food. You're crushing it in real life, being making these cookies and then combining it with like building out a whole NFT line. Like how did you, how did you make it work together? Yeah. So like the first, um, idea with like the brand or with like the web three side of it was like integration of different communities. Uh, there's a bunch of dope art and there's strong communities behind them. And everyone loves like these projects that are using the IP and creating something cool with them and sharing something like, you know, IRL with the communities and showing that, okay, there's like a lot more going on to NFTs and just like magic internet money. Um, so the second integration, I wanted to actually like have something that was like utilizing the tech as well. So I thought it would be cool like to do this kind of digital membership pass, which I've done. I've just like put out like the first 25 to be minted. Um, and I think like 10 of them have been meant, minted so far, but um, basically it's like a membership pass. It comes with like, you have this like photo NFT with like some art on it and I did like a photo shoot with this guy who's like done commercials for like Lee jeans and stuff. And it's like, it's pretty dope. I like the art on it. And, uh, essentially like as this continues to grow too, there will be like rewards through holding the pass and passes token gated to the site for like redemption of like the first, like six pack of cookies with like a limited art box. And then you have the NFT in the future. We'll do discounts merch. And then it's like a raffle ticket as well right now for like, um, prizes out of the first 25, and there's definitely like the possibilities with this are endless and it's definitely cool to just like play with that idea and see how I could continue to provide value for the people that hold them in the future as this grows. Cause really, yeah, the sky's the limit with it. And I definitely want to, you know, make the people that hold it feel like they have it for a reason and they're going to get, you know, their any like new flavors I bust out or something, they'll be the first to try it and I'll just like ship it to those people and that sort of thing. Just like, but the, I think the, like I have a lot of ideas for what I could do with it, but um, I think it's cool to be able to utilize just like some of that technology in conjunction with uh, doing the like community integration and just using the art in itself too, because like, a lot can change with that. Without blowing up your spot, do you want to maybe tease something you want to do with it or what you got in store for friendship? Or will that just totally blow your spot up? No, I mean, honestly, the next step right now is just getting this further out into like different retailers, like in LA. um, And then eventually we'll see where it goes. But um, like for this to have like a presence in LA as like, you know, the IRL shop that's like, a web three inspired cafe. And then like, um, 
yeah, I mean, the ideas are, there's a lot that can be done, but definitely like having this thing spread and just like being in different retailers, like, and like, um, bigger shops and stuff like that and different smaller, like food concepts. Cause I'm really trying to get it like established on the foodie side too. Cause it's like a good product too. It's not just like some shit cookie. Like I'm using like organic Strauss butter, like organic cane sugar, organic vanilla pasture, um, organic eggs, you know, like I really have a keen uh, attention to detail on the quality of this. And it's not just cause it's crazy. Cause like all these cookie companies, they're making these cookies and they're just using the most trash ingredients and like they're just sugar bombs that make you feel like sick to your stomach and uh and they're like their overhead is is like so low and their food cost is so low and they're just absolutely making a killing but it, it's really sad to see that like none of the, like none of them even focus like a little bit on the quality that are doing like mass scale you know so it's like um i think that's something i'm like proud of with the product itself so how long until I get to buy a friendship cookie at Subway? Or, or, or let, me, let me do a different one that I think is more realistic. What about Pokey Me? When yeah, that's going, down. Me? that's going down. That'll happen in the next couple of weeks. But like the next thing's in oh, LA see? too. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, smorgasbord, like, you know, other like um, farmer's markets and stuff like that. And then definitely like um, hopefully some other concepts too. Uh, we'll be carrying them, but um i just want to be able to focus on scaling it like appropriately so the quality remains the same and then um kind of taking like a lot's happened definitely in the last like four months with it since like it started and like i just definitely want to focus on like the direction it needs to be and like maintain the quality and like continue to just even improve the quality of the brand and the presentation and the delivery and you know i just i think with the idea like the sky's the limit and i think there's a lot that can happen just like with the um fusion of like you know web3 and like cuisine like and it's definitely something that's it's sick to see that like there's more there's a lot more people doing stuff with it too and like i just did like i sponsored an event like the other day i was like board supper club and it's like justin lewis and um he was like the chef there and then like Jeremy fall popped in and he's like a big deal too. And it's just like everyone, like their focus on providing this like dope ass, like supper club with the four course menu and like all these different like NFT IP products and like projects. Um, there's just like a lot of people trying to do cool things like with NFTs and food. And I think using the tech too, like, as like a membership or as like a ticket to get into these events and then providing utility with them down the line. I think it's super cool. I mean, we saw it too with like Starbucks shifting their rewards like to Polygon and like, I think that's just the start of it. And I think a lot, a lot more will happen with like um, different like huge companies using like NFTs as ways to reward their uh, customers and stuff and people who have been faithful to the brands. What about on the other side of that coin though? This is a Bitcoin show. Uh, what about like paying in Bitcoin? How do you feel about, you know, as someone who has brick and mortar stores, you you deal with the credit card companies already. Like, let's say Subway rolled out a reward program over ETH or some other blockchain that tied back to an NFT. What about processing payments? Processing payments. 
in Bitcoin? Like, can I come buy a footlong sub with Bitcoin? I mean, like I think, I think in the future, like, like fractional satoshis or whatever, like, will fucking definitely be, you know, people eventually could be transacting like with Bitcoin, you know, if the cost per transaction were to go down, but um, it just, I think right now, right, it doesn't make sense to like to like buy a seven dollar foot long in Bitcoin. I mean, I agree. It's just more out of like there's a degree with this where I feel like there's a lot of things that you know brands are going to do to draw attention to themselves kind of and i don't say this as someone who like remembers it i was too young to like really recognize what was going on during like the whole dot-com craze but you hear those stories about how like you know every business just added dot-com to their name and then all of a sudden like they went up in valuation and it's you're seeing i think something kind of similar where a lot of these established companies will come in and they'll just say like, oh yeah, we, we're going to incorporate blockchain technology. And then all of a sudden they get like a little bit of a buzz going and it gets boosted, but it doesn't amount to anything. They're not, they're not using it as much as they anticipate, or, nor are their customers. So as, a, as both a user and also as sort of the part of some of these more established legacy brands, like what would you like to see done better to connect traditional businesses back down to you know web3 and beyond yeah i think definitely like a lot of like larger corporations are definitely like in a sense like kind of like doing like a marketing like cash grab sort of gimmick to try and just like either like pretend that they're like with the trend or whatever and they'll like when stuff is like in the headlines they'll say oh yeah like they'll they'll be on twitter and like they'll be using all the different like you know meme terms and stuff like that and they're definitely just trying to capture like a whole another audience because again it comes back to marketing and they just want to you know they don't want to leave any um like audience like untouched and they want to like appeal to everybody so as far as like connecting like the actual tech like back i don't know i think like the rewards like on polygon like with starbucks or like you know just i think that's like a cool way to push it forward and i think that we'll see that more and more just just for like the the sake of like having things like on the blockchain for like you know to have that like you know, to have that ledger, like, in the, to, for it to be, like, proved that, yeah, indeed, like, it's just keeping track of everything in that way. Um, yeah. But. Where do we go from here? What What is eating up your time? What is grinding your gears? We got, we got about 400 and, plus days until the next happening. So we got a little bit of time, I think, until the next bull run. What are, what are the tea leaves telling you, my friend? Um, I'm optimistically bearish. 
I'm stealing that. I love that. Optimistically bearish, as in, like, you're going to buy lower prices. Optimistically? I mean, I mean, yeah, if, who who wouldn't like to, to continue to buy at these, like, prices, you know, and, like, hoping. I just, like, I look at the charts and I look where we were at, like, we're, like, about a year from the halving, and I think, like, that last, like, peak one year prior to the last halving was about half of the prior top but like if we compare where we're at now the charts are not really like identical if you look at it like from the time before like prior to that each having you know what i mean um and it just seems like when you look at a chart like before it breaks out there's even like on the macro like if you look at the like whatever six month or like yearly you see kind of more of a straight line consolidation like if you zoom out and we're not really there yet and i just if anything like i'm not sure like when this like rip to 30k will happen or if it will and maybe the rip was just to 25k this time because max pain you know and like maybe we just start going down a little bit for the next six months and then we start to slowly go back up and then the having and then we rip but when 15k hit and when like 900 ETH hit, I was definitely for sure convinced that that was like the bottom and it proved to be like the local bottom at least for that. And then there's always relief. We were going down for like a year and a half basically. So, um, and then we've kind of turned around for like what, I think like two months now or something we've been going up, but um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I think 20k is going to happen again, maybe like below, I don't know if we go like we're doing like a downward uh like descending triangle and we're gonna break down from that and then start going sideways or something like that but it kind of looks like it if you kind of draw the the bear flag out from like the top of the last top you know the the last top down it kind of seems like we're gonna break out to the down downside and then kind of go sideways but i mean and then you never know with crypto right it's just like if if everyone's thinking one thing it typically tends to go the other way anyways and i feel like a lot of people too have been like really bullish again and that makes me even more bearish yeah i have a like i'm i am a big ta guy i i get off just doing ta for fun like that is i'm in that camp i would agree with your idea of optimistically bearish i think i'm more hopeful for lower prices um but i will bring up something else that i just think whether or not people agree that this will be a catalyst like you can throw it in the comments with what you think but we still haven't gotten the fallout from dc as to the whole ftx debacle and then as a result like what sort of regulation we're going to start to see it was interesting to hear Gary Gensler talk about last week, like, yeah, everything is a security except for Bitcoin. Um, that said, like, it does nothing to give you sort of insight of how it would be regulated, whether or not the SEC is actually going to go after all these other cryptocurrencies, a whole other conversation. But I think if you see some sort of like regulatory clampdown in any way, whether it be, you know, all exchanges have to sort of adhere to different policies or get shut down so therefore it becomes harder to transact regularly for the average retail interested buyer seller investor 
Um, just something as simple as that, I think, can just diminish the price. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe we're just trying to be a little more hopeful to get more cheap, no, cheap no. ads. Yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying, though, but I think that that will be like a temporary capitulation. And I think long-term, that regulation's bullish for crypto because it kind of establishes it, you know, even more for mainstream, like, and mass adoption. Like, and I think definitely it's like a shakeout game. And, like, in order for, let's say, like, if we go, like, to 100 or whatever in the future, these, you know, we hit, like, 150, it's like, these like rallies are fueled by profit taking and like the lower we get essentially the higher we'll go and the longer it takes for us to go down then the longer like gradual like up climb that we're, we're gonna have you know and i think yeah i think that the shakeouts were like only for like a moment in time and even like when honestly when ftx like happened and like the luna stuff like a lot of my friends that are not like into crypto and stuff were like oh my god like they thought everything was going to zero, you know, but it, I was just like, okay, this is like, just, yeah, it's fucked that it happened, but it's like all FUD too to, for shakeouts. And like, think about how many people like were buying those huge dips and capitulations. And then look at even Solana, $8 ripped and like did a three X in like a month, you know, it's just like, you can kind of feel like when, when things are like, I mean, it's like when you have that euphoria sell, right. When you have that gut sinking feeling that it's over by, so it's just like, I don't know. I think things like will temporarily have like negative price effects. And then also like, there's always the cycle narrative too, you know, and if history repeats, the market will recover and we'll have another cycle once there's another stronger narrative and like proving to, you know, the mainstream that like, yeah, this is indeed like the future of transaction, you know, and then it's just going to be the same same cycle and narrative over again for people to take profit and start dumping and so they can buy it lower again and then do the same, you know, cause every, um, like all commodities, you know, have, they all have cycles and trading and stocks. It's just like not trading's really like a game, you know, it's not, you can't get caught up in the up only narrative regardless of like how promising the technology or product that you're investing in is because trading is not about the product only you know trading is about taking money from the next person so it's like i don't know how much like how much do you feel like there is a degree of a little bit of an echo chamber that we we just inherently put ourselves in by being on Bitcoin Twitter and crypto Twitter and, and hearing and listening to the opinions and ideas that we do where we're, we're almost like self-validating our own beliefs. Like the up only narrative is the yeah. perfect example of like you are just in an echo chamber if you just believe up only. Like every market is cyclical, whether it yeah. is a healthy free market or not, like things come in waves. Like and how do you try to combat that to not buy into that narrative? I just try and learn as much as I can about the history of like what I'm kind of investing in and like understand other external factors that are affecting, you know, price. And also really like you just got to get wrecked a few times until you figure it out. And then you kind of understand that like up only is 
is bullshit and uh like everything in life is cyclical not just like you know not just markets like so it's easy though like if you're a novice or like you're just you come into crypto or you come into something when it's pumping like you don't think twice that it would ever correct because you're just falling for that trend and like you're if you don't really also understand like what you're investing in i mean i really i think it's just like understanding markets and understanding trading because like yeah regardless of how good the tech is or like again like what you're buying or what you're investing in like it's cyclical so if something rips too there's always like a correction and i think it's you can't time the the top and you can't time the bottom and dcing is definitely the safest regardless but i think you can also kind of tell when to put those bigger chunks in on spot and i think a lot of people can agree with just for me like with crypto when it clicked was just like when i first i mean before i was like using eth to like buy things um or even send big chunks of money around like it didn't that for me in itself is like the biggest value in crypto it's just like that real time being able to send somebody money like without like a third party you know that is just like something really special in itself and uh I just think, yeah, just the store value with Bitcoin is just makes sense. Buy when it's low, you know, we'll see. So historically, we have seen, or at least as as long as sort of other cryptocurrencies have existed around Bitcoin during these cycles, you know, a lot of them die off. I kind of alluded to that earlier that, you know, most, in my opinion, all other than Bitcoin will eventually just go to zero. Like in this cycle, which ones or which one in particular do you think is is just it's not going to be there on the next cycle? It, it is dying as we speak. Mm. I mean, I can speak to the ones that I think will be around. I think like no, I want uh, pain and chaos. Because then it, it'll help. Yeah, I don't know. It's like only other no, DeFi. Go for, like, go for it. Talk, talk yeah, to me what like, you think will be around. For like layer ones, it's like AVAX and Solana, honestly, I think, besides like fucking ETH. And then I think Polygon for layer Do you think Solana is going to stick around? I do, really? dude. Yeah. Really? A lot of people. Like, didn't use... they just have a fucking network spaz out last week again? They do all the time, but like they could improve the network, and then people are building on Solana like the most, you know, just be, like. And honestly, for me, it's like follow the smart money. Like it's similar to like the whole Basie like board API club valuation, like year one with Google giving them four hundred mil. It's like Google's the third largest holder of Solana. They're doing like the validator nodes in the cloud with with Solana and ETH, and like I just don't think. I think it's going to just, it's just going to be another opportunity for like another large, like, you know, things get shaken out with FUD and then like things continue to improve. Look at the, look at ETH 2.0, you know, going to proof of stake from like proof of work and shit. Like people are always going to continue to build on it. I don't think Solana is going anywhere. I think AVAX, Solana, um, yeah, Polygon, Chainlink, ETH, Bitcoin, and then Metaverse, like Gala sand mana and ape and then if anything else comes out those are really kind of my and how many of those are you a holder of all of them as of now no i'm i'm just holding like some nfts and then stable 
right now. Fair. Yeah. I'm not over the fact that you think Solana sticks around. There's no way. Like, I understand the argument that Google has a lot of vested interest in it, but like, Google is also notorious for hey, if something's not working, we'd rather cut cut our losses here and move on, than like continue to throw money at something that's just sort of like dying on its last leg. Like they they are famous for giving bonuses to people who end their projects when they recognize like hey, this isn't working. But also, I just think it's funny when they call themselves DeFi and then it's literally a corporation that runs all of their nodes. Like you and I could never run a Solana node. And that to me is a little like... Yeah, that's definitely the argument against it for sure. But that's also... It's not like... I'm kind of more like bullish on it in the sense of like its value going up for the sake of like VCs and other like big corporate players making money on it, but I don't know like where it's going to go, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're winding down. We got like a little bit more than five minutes left. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you're itching to talk about or wish that I had asked you? Yeah, when you can try the cookies. <laughs> I, I, gotta, honestly, I gotta bring you some. I was a little bummed that you didn't come over because I was <laughs> looking forward to the cookies. I do have I have a question though that I, I forgot yeah. to ask when we were talking about that. Um so Girl Scouts cookie season is like right now, but it ends this week. How hyped yeah. are you to get to sell friendships like unencumbered? No Girl Scouts are gonna block <laughs> your territory. Actually it's been nice because I'm definitely gonna gonna stock up on some girl scout cookies and like probably make some flavors with like with the with the girl scout cookies so i've definitely yeah oh (laughs) that sounds incredible there are little kids in my uh, neighborhood though they're they're on my turf with the cookies (laughs) Uh, dude i i have a a love-hate relationship with with cookies in particular and just sweets in general and you you kind of talked about the fact that you have this sweet tooth and that's what led you to making cookies like yeah but do you feel like you're still like you're are you eating the same amount of sweets as you were that were just like sort of store-bought sweets or are you finding yourself eating less because you're making so much yeah i mean like since i was a kid and even like you know through high school and whatever like there's always like something new that i'm craving um and definitely like i mean i'm like a huge workout buff too um so it's like i'm very aware of like the macros and like what i'm eating and like the cookies and stuff and like again like with my cookies i'm using like a much like higher quality butter much higher quality like even sugar which like you know raw like unprocessed cane sugar has like it's like a source of antioxidants as well it's much more mild like as far as like the sweet taste, you know, to the palate. And like, you can just feel it like being somebody who's like, I'm very like aware of how my body digests and stores onto like different kinds of foods, you know? And like, you can just, when I eat one of my cookies, it's not, it's not just sitting in my stomach and like, you know, not, it's, it, it processes much differently too. Like when you're using a good butter, that's like, 
um, made from like, you know, pasture, like cream from pasture raised cattle. And like, you know, it's, it's real like butter fat and it's not like some processed, like, you know, and it's not processed sugar. So, but like, I'll definitely eat them like as a treat and I'll be like, you know, I'll eat one like over the course of a day or something like that. Or I'll like save it for like when I want to eat something sweet, I'll eat like a whole cookie or something like that. Cause they're big too. They're five ounces. So they're probably like five or six. Yeah. They're probably like five hundred calories like for the chocolate chip or something to like you know anywhere up to like 650 to 700 depending if there's like whatever other flavors are in the cookie but even the flour too like the organic flour it like the way it sits in your stomach and the way your body digests and processes it so it's a lot different than than using uh processed flours or like heat treated flours Bro, just text me where you're going this weekend with friends. Already, I'll I'll bring you some for sure. I gotta. gotta have uh, you also, like I go, I'm literally a pokey me tomorrow, just because <laughs> I go to the physical therapy office that's right there. So just tell me when they're when you guys have have shipped in store, and I will, I will be the first person to buy a a friendship cookie from Pokey Me. I'm a I'm will, a pad those sets for sure. in the Golden Cove Pokey. <laughs> Right now. All, you're gonna sell two cookies a week guaranteed and it's gonna be me every fucking week nice that's good to know uh no sir my brother we are getting to that point it is way past my bedtime it is definitely past yours uh i will leave you with the final word hand off and let everyone in the audience know where they can stay up to date with everything you got cooking yeah um first just want to say thank you keith super dope to be on here and chat with you it's definitely um it's a cool way to connect and it's dope to see us both kind of you know have this shared interest and in anyone who wants to follow along at friendship six on twitter friendship cookie on instagram and the, all the updates and stuff will be there it's the website's going but um and we'll be updated too on like when we'll be doing orders and online drops so new flavors, all that stuff. Awesome, brother. It's always great getting to, to talk with you in, in so many different capacities. I will surely see you soon, and we, we definitely got to kick it soon. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes another episode of Late Night Bitcoin with Q. We will be back tomorrow night for a fun little devil header of the Bitcoin ballers and, of course, another episode of Late Night Bitcoin. I'm going to go Thanks, dude. Yeah. <laughs>